Hey, 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 welcome to the first of the month for our podcast tonight, Story Time. We got some wonderful guests pop in to talk about stuff. Uh, we tell a couple stories. Uh, we got a nice uh, star guest, uh, Lisa TTRPG from uh, TikTok. We're also joined by OG Blurred once more time, so we're super excited about that. As usual, he's great. Um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to tonight's podcast. Uh, tonight's topic is story time, was our vote in the polls, so we're going to just tell some fun stories. I titled it The Tragedy of the Children because the story I am telling uh, is a tragedy about children. We're get, joined by two guests tonight. Uh, if you guys want to introduce yourselves really quick, um, we've had one of you on before, but it was on the video thing, so you guys will now get to hear his voice a little bit better this time. Uh, and obviously Younger's here with me, so... Uh, Prez, Lisa, whichever one wants to take well, it away. Lady, ladies first. Why, thank you. Uh, quite chivalrous. Uh, my name's Lisa. Very excited to be here. I uh, am obsessed with TTRPGs, make tons of TTRPG content, and I make tons of free uh, resources uh, for people, and I absolutely love storytelling. I'm very excited that I'm here today to to talk about storytelling and to listen to yours. So, OG, before you get to yours, Lisa, can you give us your, your pitch for your library and explain what that is really quick? Because that's one of the big reasons you're our star tonight, because you launched a website slash free library tonight, right? How's that work? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, I would love to talk about it. Quick points. It is a free ETRPG resource. Uh, it's going to allow people to find a whole bunch of cool things that they can download and use in their games, uh, whether you're playing Dungeons & Dragons or other TTRPGs. There are resources for game masters uh, for organizing your games, but there are also lots of fun things you can download, like props for your games, like menus from taverns. Uh, save yourself some prep work and uh, treat your players with some fun things. Uh, everything is completely free to download, uh, but there are options to be able to get premium prints sent to you every month. So some fun stuff, and I appreciate the chance to talk about it. Sweet. And this is this is all through your Patreon, right? There's not an actual website; it just uh, you download directly from the Patreon. It is. It is all hosted on Patreon right now. Uh, you sneakily will get redirected from my website link through my bio, uh, lisattrpg.com. So if you ever need to contact me, library at lisattrpg.com totally works. But uh, Patreon is where all of the files are. Uh, just one-click downloads. Everything is on one page for free. Yeah, so Younger, this is, this is your area of expertise. I'm going to need you to give me a rundown and a review by the end of the week. Uh, that's, that's his thing too. He loves he loves that stuff. <laughs> okay, OG, you've you've been on before, so people kind of know you. But please give us your quick intro one more time. Good evening, everyone. I am OG Blurred P. You can find me on TikTok at that OG Blurred Returns, and I am also known as Papa Eclipse of the Night Skins. And it is an honor and a pleasure to be here tonight. And I kind of jumped. I kind of jumped in unexpectedly, not knowing that we were about to jump into the podcast. But I'm happy to be here, happy to contribute. Hey, hey, and just just so you guys know, if you guys need to leave for whatever reasons, you're good to go. It's kind of hop in, hop in, out podcast. But we're gonna get started. So, tragedy of the children. I, I I'm calling it that, right? Because I'm gonna tell uh, one of our secondary generation campaigns that we did on Jake. Uh, we kept picking up kids. Right, we kept saving villages, parents be dead. Instead of like leaving orphans behind, we're like, "You're coming with us," and we made up a cool uh, combat rule where if you survive three uh, combats as an NPC, you become a level one character. Um, so, over the course of ten-ish battles, these five children that had tagged along with us basically formed a whole secondary party uh, and got to level up. And we're traveling with us, and we're doing things, and we're just relatively safe because we were, you know, level... Like how, what levels were we at that point? Like, um, So we ended the campaign at level 15 with okay. the experience of being able to get to 17. Okay. 
So we were pre we were pretty late here. I mean, I think that we started picking kids up at level ten, so they were all five to seven by the time the tragedy happens. Uh, but it is a tale of not having overconfidence in your NPCs slash characters, right? Uh, a couple of them survived because we're like, hey, those they're level threes. We're not sending them out on this mission because it might be a little bit dangerous, right? We're gonna we're gonna attack these bad guys, these Rexus Tullius soldiers in the stronghold, and we're just gonna take this stronghold out. It started off real well. We had an Anzamar cleric child that liked to fly up in the air and snipe things. Well, unfortunately, she'd been doing this to these Rexus Tullius people for a hot minute now in game, a couple months, right? Popping up, shooting them, running off. Uh, and so they were prepared. She jumped over the walls flying up and got hit by 30 arrows as soon as she popped over the walls. A whole bunch missed, but 30 of them hit her and just insta-death. No saving throws, just soul left her body, game over, right? Uh, and then her wow. surrogate brother climbed the walls to try and get to her body and to pull her out because he, you know, like, we could heal her. It's only been 30 minutes or 30 seconds. You know, we got resurrections. We're strong people. Gets up there and also gets obliterated. Like... They come in and just hack him into pieces. All the while, their quote-unquote caregiver uh, is fighting for his life to get to his kids, right? They're, they're his adopted children that he is traveling with them, yada, yada. And he is doing everything he possibly can to keep these kids up and alive and just fails miserably. They're just piles of pools on the, on the concrete, you know what I mean, by the time they're done. He did... Transform into a uh, what was it? A tur uh, what's a giant dinosaur? He uh, it was either him or he transformed one of his kids into a brontosaurus on the escape route. Was that what it was? Oh my goodness! Yes, that was yeah. yeah except for it wasn't a brontosaurus, it's a titanosaurus or whatever. So, uh, oh wow! If you played Ark, you've seen them. They're just ridiculous, right? Um, homebrew polymorph, basically. Uh, and he stomps off, and they kill that one. So he had three kids with him, and all three of them just get murked. Um, but, yeah, the, the third one, right? The Probably the highest level one. I don't know. Was he a rogue? I want to say he was a rogue, because the fighter and the cleric got yoinked together. Uh, but Brontosaurus, we're running because we're just outnumbered, outgunned. We've probably killed 20, 30 enemies as a group just doing the best we can, and we're just we're just failing, right? Uh, the last kid. I think I can expand upon part of this. Yeah, go ahead. You were there. So the uh, the original ordeal was uh, I was a I was playing a lizard folk carrier uh, player character as a uh, and I was a ranger. But uh, storyline wise, uh, the place that we were going and fighting these people was actually uh, the location of my home village. So. The majority of my people's species had been uh, killed by the Rexus Tullius uh, in this region. Uh, only some women and children, lizard folk, had left. All the males were pretty much slaughtered uh, at my homestead and village elders and everything. And that's now where the Rexus Tullius were held up. And so everybody was going off. Uh, we were going to go and do our big kind of sort of final stand battle right there to try to take my homeland back. Um, like, and this was dear to my character due to the fact that this was kind of where our whole adventure had began and Pretty like close, where yeah. my character's backstory had, uh, you know, evolved from. And so we had went there with not, not only our, our characters and these kids, but whenever I was there uh, before we left. I had two kids. I had uh, one of them was named Sarah, and the other one's name was Greg. Sarah was uh, Warlock of the Archfey, level three. And uh, Greg was a, a Druid of the Shepherd. And I was a, a Ranger uh, when we had picked them up because they had previously been slaves. And I said, hey, you're free to do whatever you want. But if you travel with me, you will never have to succumb to the you know whims of the city again and, but whenever we got to the nearest town to my village I told him hey this is this is a fight for me this is not one of your battles stay here <laughs> I told you I would not bring you into you know like my my wars 
and such. Like, you're free to do your own thing. Do not follow me. Um, that was why my children, uh, who were accompanying us, uh, they, they stayed with us so that they could get stronger and develop themselves. But I told them that they did not need to be a part of this battle. So that's why I had left them. Um, Another big thing about the story, why it went so poorly, is we had half of our people that came to the session not show up that night. Like, they all canceled last minute or the day beforehand. Um, so the CR that the DM, <coughs> me, had set up for the <laughs> encounter was considerably higher than the party that went into combat. Um, and so, the tragedy part, right, is like, we are high enough level where we could have went back and got our comrades, because uh, the parent character of the three kids, that the other three kids, uh, also died. He got he got murked while running away trying to save the giant Tyrannosaurus. Because uh, instead of killing the Tyrannosaurus with arrows, they killed the dude who cast Polymorph and then killed the kid. Uh, it was it was not pleasant. The player was not very happy. But that's what happened. Um, and then, to finish the story, right, the, the real tragedy part uh, is we set off the equivalent of a biological nuke uh, with a thing called Death Mites, which is actually one of our handy-dandy uh, items on the Wheel of Chaos currently. We have them actually written up and whatnot. Uh, but death knights or death mites uh, expand exponentially, uh, and uh, in the shadows. But someone had thrown them in a bag of holding uh, and let them breed for I don't know what was it, half a year, something like that. Yeah, something crazy. Um, so they opened that bag of holding, just ripped it apart to let all the contents out at once. Uh, and we threw it. <laughs> we did. You did right. We did. We. I let you throw it after you originally said I rip it open. I was like, you sure you don't want to throw it? Uh, and the expanding tide of death mites that had poured out from there uh, completely covered the area. It killed off all the Rexus Tullius guys because they got eaten alive by death mites. Uh, all the bodies and everything else there was cleansed and cleaned out. Uh, and in later storylines, other adventures came back and cleared that area out, so it was salvageable. Uh, but the two surviving members of an eight-man party uh, went off, and that was the end of the story. <laughs> and, uh, the two surviving members of an eight-man party. Wow. Yes. Only, only reason two people survived was because I had ridden there on a uh, lizard mount that had a regular speed of, like, 60 feet or something ridiculous. And I had it grab the only other uh, living character as we were sprinting away from death mites, which ended up eating the corpses of our comrades and everybody else who was behind us. Which, which uh, including the, the corpse of a dragon, which I can't believe you didn't mention that we had, you know, taken an ally dragon with us. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot. But yeah, you remember those archers <laughs> we talked about? They were real, real good. As a DM, I rolled, I can't tell you how many 20s. It was just like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, there's like 30 crossbow people. They get two crossbows because they're using a special crossbow. So it's 60 shots a, a round. Roll percentile. Oh, wow, that's a 90. Oh, hey, that's a... Yo, this is ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, there was a reason the party got slaughtered and we stopped that campaign because it was it was rough. But that's, that's our The Tragedy of the Children, right, which was... Uh, a cautionary tale to people who pick up orphans in the hopes of bringing them along as extra warriors. Uh, because sometimes it doesn't end well for anyone. Also, uh, we got a subscriber. That's what that weird noise in the background was. So thank you very much for subscribing. I don't know who did it because I wasn't looking. Uh, so if you guys want to say something in the chat, that'd be great so I can say thank you, IRL. I'm, I swear I'm paying attention there. Anyway. Um, with that, let's go to a different story. That was, that was a good... 15 minutes. <laughs> that was one heck of a story. <laughs> it, was, it was not a fun one. We have better stories, but I think, I think it's a good story to deflect people from using children as warriors, even if they want to. Like, Oh my goodness. That was one heck of a story. I don't even know if I have one that, that can compete with that. That's <laughs> not about competition. It's just that. about sharing. Tell something happy, please. I need a good story. 
Yoga, you got something? Lisa, you got something? I have a dark dismal story. Uh, you should, you always have dark dismal stories. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute my <laughs> talk though. Go ahead. Okay, so I was playing uh, in a campaign. Uh, you know, I don't get to play in uh, many campaigns that have an evil theme. Um, you know, so I had a DM who said, "Hey guys, this is gonna be an evil campaign. Choose evil characters." I'm like. Okay, I guess I could do this, and probably pretty badly as a, well, I mean, good, like really good, because I can play really bad guys in my campaigns, um, <laughs> as a DM at least. And so I attempted to do it as a player. And we were basically given a task. Um, each of the individuals in our party uh, was working for a, a cult, essentially. One of the tasks with the cult was... Um, like you need to go and kill uh, at least two people with these magical spikes that will turn them into essentially undead servants. Um, and they 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 need to get back to the cult location to work as uh, basically slaves or otherwise used as a uh, as a source of power. So like life essence. So you could use it if you weren't like a super bad person. You might choose to use it on an older person and use them uh, their corpses to work rather than using their life force as fuel because the younger they are, the more life force that they have. Was the premise of this. That's so, so cool. So everybody went off on their own little individual adventure into this relatively large town. And so some people are like, okay, well, we're going to go rid the city of like the scum or, you know, or uh, maybe they were going to be merciful and go and search for uh, beggars, people who wouldn't be missed and the likes of that. And so I, I immediately said, well, where's the nearest orphanage? because their parents already didn't want them. Um, but also, uh, depending on their ages, that might be good life force energy. And so I immediately said that. My DM was like, dude, you're terrible. I was muted, so you did not hear the sound that came out of my mouth when you said Yeah, and so. I love it. That's, that's, I love he, it. He went along with it and everything. And everybody else was like, oh, wow. This is crazy. And basically, I go to the orphanage. I don't do anything, uh, you know, uh, seemingly evil. I just go there and ask as if, like, hey, I'm somebody who's thinking about, you know, uh, adopting somebody, so on and so forth. I live a couple towns over, um, but I'm, I'm looking to see if I can, like, find a, a child to that me and my uh, I deception rolled. Uh, spouse could. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we lost him. Oh man, cliffhanger. Uh, that's that's uh, Arkansas. Right. For you. I'm sorry. Right <laughs> at the deception roll. No. Yep, he'll be back. Uh, that's his internet just died. Oh man! So, like, oh, there he is. He'll be back. He, he'll be here. There he is. Maybe. Can you hear me now? There you go. Finish, finish hey, your thanks. story before everyone explodes. Arkansas internet. So <laughs> thank God you can't um, leave us on the deception roll. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, did a deception roll to make them think that oh, like I have a wife and a farmstead a couple towns over. Uh, and looking for a couple kids to like help raise. Um, and basically I go through, uh, I meet this woman uh, who's the head of the orphanage and she's best, basically like the most evil, wicked witch lady you could possibly run across. And so I'm like, oh man, this is, this is terrible. Um, and I'm thinking, I'm just straight and thinking as a person, I'm like, maybe I'll just use one of these things on her. Cause she, she, She's probably more evil than me <laughs> um, as, as a character. And so I was like, 
I was like, ah, oh, da da da, and I said, oh, I'll come back uh, later. That uh, I'll, I'll come back later, you know, um, after I I think about which child I want to adopt. But I talked to each of the children, got to do insights into each of them and stuff. But um, I basically just waited until they were all asleep. Uh, broke into the house silently using the lock picking kit. Go through and walk around until I find uh, the old the old lady, and then I end up using one of these items on her. She turns into this zombie-like creature, but one of the kids sees me, so the kid is about to freak out. So then I had to go and kill the kid and use it on him, and now I have these two things. Nobody was alerted rolled and everything and it was terrible i think i cast silence because i was a warlock um and that was the only reason nobody was alarmed but then i went and i abducted um let me me just clarify everyone at the table was alarmed yes Uh, (laughs) but uh then i uh there, there there was actually a a relatively newborn baby that was there and so i didn't stick it or anything but i brought it back to the cult as like an extra an extra oomph and then i made it look like the old lady since there was blood and everything uh and she walked into the woods it looked like the lady of the orphanage had actually murdered um that child and then walked Simple into the ways. woods thank you for the follow appreciate you Sorry. You started a conspiracy theory. Yes, and so then the guards... Um, I was actually in that same town the next day, and so the guards interrogated me, and I simply told them that I did not end up going to the orphanage, um, you know, after they uh, I had seen them the first time uh, at the orphanage due to the fact that I was supposed to pick up the kids today. And now I was worried about the whereabouts of... Uh, the child that I was going to adopt. And then I was able to further derail their investigations towards myself and uh, aim them in the direction of, oh, as a crazy old woman who everybody already knew was super wicked and stuff. It did turn out well for you. Yeah. And so that's the uh, terrible story that I have. Probably the, the most evil character slash NPC I've ever ran. No, and it was a one shot. So I was gonna say that was that that, that was just a one shot. Uh, I I don't think it really ended well. Like we got past that all wasn't, the. That actually wasn't in your campaign, Roger. That was uh, that was in somebody else's campaign. Are you sure? Oh no! You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of when you lore went into the orphanage, and we're not gonna talk about that one. That wasn't me. That was you. That was, you're right. That was me in natural 20s, but we're not going to talk about it. A little slacker. Thank you for the uh, the follow. Appreciate you. Okay. Logan, Lisa, you guys got a, a better story, hopefully. Less tragic involving children. <laughs> you were very have... chivalrous to let me go first before, so if you have something you want to you share, uh, please do. I don't have any stories involving children per se that's okay that's all right <laughs> i mean i i mean but I, I i can i can share a story i'm just hoping i haven't told okay here we go i had a group of players and they were they had went to uh they had went to the notice board to find a mission to do and there was a mission for clearing out some catoblepus in the swamp. And so they were like, okay, yeah, that looks like a good one. We'll do that. And I was like, okay, y'all, y'all really want to fight? Okay, all right, cool, no problem. So they venture out into the swamp. It's a warlock, a Drake, a Drake Warden Ranger, a human fighter. A it was about a group of about four or five of them, and then of course there was an NPC with them who was a Grong captain, Grong battlemaster captain, and they go to the swamp 
they're exploring, they're exploring. And as they get close to where, you know, the Catoplippus have been spotted, all of a sudden they are happened upon by a group of goblins. And I think I think I ended up giving all the goblins names like Ralph, Carl. Yes. Buddy. It was like Ralph. It was like Ralph, <laughs> Carl, Bud, Roach. I love the- And so they get they get attacked by the they get attacked by the goblins first. And of course, the human I I only remember certain characters' names because of what they did. Of course, the human Red Steel. Thanks for the the sub. Appreciate you. He runs up right into the fray immediately, and the goblins happen upon him. He's actually doing good. He has a decent enough AC that you know they're not hitting him. They're missing. And they're also hi- they're also hiding behind trees, shooting their crossbows. And so the team is having to maneuver and get around. The Drake Warden, who is a half elf, he has he su- he summons forth his Drake, and has it you know kind of like flank to try to get behind him. Actually, no, he had to go up into the tree. And so it go it climbs up into the tree. And then it happens upon one of the um, one of the goblins, and then I think yes, and the Drake Warden managed to slay the first goblin. He slays the goblin; it falls to the ground. Then all of a sudden, its body starts to convulse and shake and writhe, and the other, and all of a sudden, you start hearing the other goblins begin to laugh and cackle. And they're like, uh-oh, time for the surprise. And the body continues to shake and convulse and seize. And then the next thing you know, like you hear bones crack and like it does the whole like almost zombie-like rise up off the ground. But as it rises up... Uh, what? Did I, did I say a trigger word? No, 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 no. You're good. I just love it. I just... <laughs> oh, okay. It's amazing. As it rises off the ground, it transforms and becomes a bar guest. And so immediately when they see this, it's like, wait a minute. We thought we were fighting goblins. I said, yeah, they are goblins. But they're goblinoids who worship demons and devils. And yeah, if you kill them, they turn into bar guests. I'm like, what? Whoa, hold up. You didn't mention this part of the mission. I'm like, I know. Came up with it on the spot. <laughs> and so they and so they start dropping the other goblins. And next thing they know, they know they're fighting like five or six bargains. And they're like, okay, this just got real. Because each time they drop one, you know, body falls to the ground. You know, the, the writhing and the seizing and then boom, transforms and it rises back up and they still can talk, and so and so now they're like, "Yeah, now, now let's really fight." And so they begin to take down. They begin to fight, and the warlock. He was a pact of the. Um, I think he was a pact of the. He was he was a pact of the chain warlock. He was a pact of the chain warlock, and he had a pseudo dragon. So of course he summoned his pseudo dragon to try to help. But then he also had um, the dread form. And so he used his dread form to summon forth, I think it was a shadow, like a shadow being that would cause fear and this, that, and the third. So he did that, summoned it behind the bar guests to make them get feared and run towards the party. Well, as they start to finally get the upper hand on the bar guests, all of a sudden this putrid disgusting vile smell just permeates that entire area of the swamp the water starts the water starts to like bubble a little bit and it becomes like it becomes you know a whole lot murkier and fetid and they're like oh and everyone's like oh my god what is that smell and from the murk and from the muck rises the first cattle and they're like, 
Oh, so that's the thing we're here to fight. I'm like, yeah, that's the thing you're here to fight. And so they, you know, they start trying to strategize and get around it. They're fighting, they're fighting, and I'm rolling to see what attack the cattle blepper does. Because two had had risen from the swamp. And so I roll and it lands on the death ray. And if anyone's ever fought a cattle blepper's you know what the death ray does. If it actually hits you and it reduces you to zero help, hit points, you don't get death saves. You just die. Yeah, yeah. you get erased. So. Oh, it's like hags glare. Yeah, and so I roll. It lands on. It lands on the on the death ray, and I'm like, okay, I'm rolling to see who he shoots it at. I roll. It lands on the Drake Warden. He fails to save. Boom. Instant. Body drops to the ground. His drake just plops to the ground. And everybody is like, oh my God. We can't win. I'm like, you can try. (laughs) Like, you can try. Yeah, a a sobering moment. Seriously. I'm like, but you know, if if it lands on Death Ray again, I, I you know, and, and I gotta keep rolling to see who gets hit. And they were, and so like, um, the NPC, they were like, is is the NPC gonna help us? I was like, of course he's gonna help you. I'm like, but he's only one level twenty battle master. Like, even if he gets close to that thing, his five attacks aren't guaranteed to take <laughs> it out. And then if he gets that close, he's going to be in range of its tail attack, which like can do some serious damage. And so they're scrounging, they're scrounging. They finally taken out the Bargas. And they're like, okay, so do we get to roll on the resurrection table? I said, sure. I I told I told a guy who um I said, all right, I'll roll it. They're like, you following the same rules as before? I'm like, following the same rules as before. I roll a D100. 50 or above, you get some DM intervention, character can get resurrected. 49 and below, he dead. Just plain and simple. I roll the D100. It lands on like 60-something. All throughout the chat, because this was on Discord, all throughout, throughout the out of character chat just everyone's like oh yes 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 he gets to go back they're like wait a minute but we don't have any clerics here how are you gonna bring him back and so i and so i took the grung npc the battle master and i made him say a prayer to the the grung frog gods (laughs) and he prayed to the peaceful god of the grung but the guy that answered him was the war god, the cane toad god of poison and war and vengeance. And so he and so it was like, yes, I'll bring this one back, but he will serve me. And so all of a sudden, you just start hearing croaks and ribbits all over the swamp. And like the water begins to churn and bubble and everybody on the team is looking around like, what the heck is going on? And you just start seeing frogs and poisonous toads and poisonous frogs rising from the water and just swarming over to the body of the half-elf Drake Water Ranger and his Drake as they were just lying on top of the lying on top of the muck. And they just pile and swarm all over them. Like you just have all of these toads and frogs just swimming and hopping and leaping past everyone. They're like, oh, like had a few people who were like, oh my God, this is so cringe. I was like, what? I'm like, what? It's just a bunch of frogs. Like, I'm like, it's just a bunch of frogs. And so the once they, you know, swarmed around the body, I made the I made all of the frogs and toads start doing the thing where they create the froth to make their eggs with 
or to encase their eggs in, how frogs will make like that really frothy, like foamy, mucousy something. something that they keep their eggs in. And so I made them make that in like these two gigantic mounds over the two bodies. And like two or three turns went by and then the things hardened and then they cracked. And when and when it all fell away and all the frogs went back into the water and the croaking was and the croaking in the rivet stopped, the um Drake Warden Ranger and his Drake, they rise from out of the mucus. And like even with the fact he was half elf, like now his skin had like this ever so slight, like dirty green tinge to it. And the Drake, all the like when it came back, now its ha- now its um feet and its claws were webbed, and on the back and on the back of its head, right by where its ears would have been, it now had these two large poisonous bulbs like a cane toad. And and so like they saw they saw him get brought back, and they were like. What the heck did you do? I was like, well, he got brought back, but you remember how he was a Drake Warden? Like, yeah. Next time he levels up, he has to be a Spore Druid. <laughs> They're like, what? I was like, yeah, he was a Drake. I'm like, yeah, he's 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 still gonna be a Drake Warden, and he's still gonna have his Drake. But now, his Drake one level. Of spore like, druid. but now he's gonna have at least one level of Spore Druid. Because he was resurrected by the cane toad god. And so that happens. And the moment that happens, they just hear battle cries and screams coming from the back of the swamp. And they start to see all of these goblins and more catoblepos charging forth through the trees. And they turn around and bolt. I mean, they punch it trying to get out of there and as they're running they as they're running away they see the entire army of both the grung and the um uh, uh, and the bullywogs because i actually had made it to where the bullywogs and the grung had teamed up together and had a whole society both the frog people they see the armies of both of these charging forth through the swamp to meet the goblins and the catoblepas and they managed to get away and basically in a gigantic war just raged in the swamp as they were running. That's the that's the best way dogs to get paid. You said that's the best. You were like, I don't know if I can match or compete with your stories. That's great. Um, I was about to say, are you accepting uh, feedback right now? Because I want to say how much I love all of the frog stuff and how you mixed in the references and then the abilities with like the spores stuff. I am obsessed. I love it. I told you he's a good storyteller. Per- perfect. Perfect person to show up for this podcast tonight. So thank you very much. That was super great. Yeah, I love the NPC uh, interaction with the, the characters like traveling NPC and their effects on the party, you know, um, and balancing it as a DM to like players still have fun slash kind of sort of get what they want, but not completely because dove in over their heads, but wasn't total party wipe time. The dice gods were kind. (laughs) So uh, we still got some time. Uh, Lisa. You got any fun stories for us? We had, yep. some, we had someone in the in the chat said they had some stories, but uh, they haven't said anything else. Or if they have, I can't see it because I'm on my phone and it likes to disconnect. But if you have more there, Lady Latham, feel free to type it and I'll read it. I would, I would, I would love to tell a story while anybody's typing something and getting and getting ready to tell something else. Perfect. Um, Sounds like a plan. Uh, how much time do I have? I'll adjust. Uh, you have as much time as you want or need. The thing about this podcast is we go till we get bored or we gotta go. So, I Gosh. have, I have, I have like another hour, but, uh, we'll probably wrap up in the next 15, 20 minutes is my guess. Unless you guys talk more. I'm okay with talking longer. Younger, I assume, is okay with talking longer. We just like to hang out here. 
I can work. I can work with that. I can work with that. Um, I, I'd love to tell you a story about uh, one of my favorite um, campaigns that I've run. I run uh, short introductory campaigns that either introduce new people to playing D and D or introduce new players to each other who haven't played together before. Um, this particular session is a six-session campaign, and it's the the favorite time I've run it. You're not supposed to have a favorite children, but this has been my favorite. Uh, in telling this story, I want to start at the end. Uh, a crumbling gray stone building that uh, has five adventurers standing in it, uh, each of them holding 20 keys in their hands uh, with a decision to make that could change their lives forever. So. Their adventure began uh, with a search for keys, uh, not as many as they hold right now. Uh, they were requested uh, to help the patron of this exact manor, this crumbling manor, though when they arrived, it was in pristine condition. Uh, she was missing five keys uh, of a set of 100 that protect 100 magical portal doors that exist on the third floor of her manor, uh, not completely telling them the truth. However, all of these adventurers connected in the fact that they are of service uh, to the land that they are in. Uh, they were eager to help and be of aid as it is their job. Uh, we know that they find the five missing keys because we know that they're all standing there in ruin at the end, holding all of Helena's 100 keys. Uh, Helena not doing well in this moment in time. Um, a beautiful armored Asimar Paladin Knight, a large dragonborn druid, a eager and small satyr ranger, a very elegant and older elven ranger man uh, and th the the sort of essence and um ominous feeling uh probably felt most uh, through this uh changeling cleric who to anybody else looks just like a regular young woman uh having beaten a pirate captain to uh, retrieve a key from a pirate island. Uh, they treachered, treached through snow and terrible weather to retrieve another key from the depths of an ice cave, uh, using wild shape abilities to literally explode an emperor from the inside out without casting any spell or causing any damage uh, in a giant coliseum of monstrosities, uh, indeed taking his key uh, and trophy from him. They made their way through an entire trapped pyramid in a valley of sand uh, and fought a clockwork cobra that had been sitting in wait for centuries they had now found out as in with every key they found realizing more and more and just that the story that helena had told them was not completely true uh, why did they need to find these keys why was helena so in need of finding these 100 keys she said that they were to protect the doors but they don't seem to fit those doors. It seems that these keys open something else. Uh, the fifth key being retrieved from the horde of a bronze dragon having fled its lair because of the oncoming volcanic eruption within it. Uh, they fought not only against the time in the lava, but uh, an incredible amount of distraction, of wealth, and other things to search through. Uh, to find this fifth key, only to return to the manor to come to the decision as the bricks all crumbled around, leaving just the black obelisk of a room, a, a black 
onyx room uh, locked with a giant door, 100 keyholes in it, that indeed they were not collecting keys for Helena to save something, but they were collecting keys for Helena to open something. Uh, and uh, they had to make some decisions at, at that point. And that's my favorite time I ran that campaign. Hmm. Is that your most recent one or what are the other ones? You said around Christmas time, right? That's actually, that was actually one of the very first campaigns I ever ran. Nice. Nice. First campaigns are always good. Hey. One of the first. Speaking of, speaking of people, Lady Latham showed up, so we're going to throw her in here because she had stories to tell. Maybe, perhaps. There she is. Hello! Our previous event. Oh, wait. I realize I have to push the button. I'm still on push to talk. Lady Latham here was our um, last contest winner for the art contest we held last month. Month before? Yes. Anyway, stories. I think. Was that last month? Um, so, yeah, I have a story. This is not as a DM, but as a player that my DM let me do some weird things, just like, you know, every DM, just about. I know what you're talking about. We don't do, we don't <laughs> our players do nothing. Yeah, so it started as... One, I really like Humblewood characters, so I was making a couple Humblewood characters. And we were, he was running a D&D game where we had to make a level 15 character and then basically a level 5 companion creature. Um, we had uh, Chimasta. The Naga, we had Bone Naga, we had uh, Good Boy, the Basilisk, and then we had my companion character, which was a raccoon called Nika. I don't remember any of the actual like 15, level 15 characters, um, just because I knew this, but the other players at the time didn't. The level 15 characters were not who we were playing. We were playing these level five companions, and we basically woke up to a note all muddy that really none of us could read that said that our companions were stolen and in the nearby city. So we went on a rescue mission, which is interesting because we weren't supposed to be able to get in. We snuck in. Didn't know there was a, a event for basically a uh, harvest festival type event where they release animals and capture them. But we had to get through the city as animals not being captured and uh, as a bonaga and a basilisk which I'm sure people are familiar with basilisk but I don't know if anyone's familiar with the bonaga going to stand out amongst human populations and you know most animals in anywhere really. You get a very snaky party. Yeah. Whatever oh, no. caused havoc, turning people to stone or watching the undead slither amongst the streets. <laughs> very cold-blooded, this, this group. It's got so, a raccoon. That's the wholesome character. It evens out, right? Yeah, bone noggers don't have any blood, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, at one point... <laughs> um... At one point, we had to do disguise self, and uh, Nika was very adept at it. So she was able to find that outfit for her friend Chimasta, which you know is basically a bone is the bone snake. Um, and yeah, it, it was interesting. And in the end, we finally get there and realize that. They weren't kidnapped. They went willingly to the thing. Um, yeah. But they still got arrested because one of the actual uh, level 15 characters, you know, was super drunk. They got, you know, basically in trouble for, I think, some minor theft and stuff like that. Disrupting the peace, all that good fun jazz. But the interesting thing and what Nika sort of commented to her her friend Chusu was that like why didn't you know he show them anything that shows that he's a a noble person technically so that they wouldn't be hold him in jail but you know 
He was sort of just more annoyed that they came into the city and uh, more annoyed that she was, you know. Causing mischief? Yeah, essentially. Um, but the, it, and it ended well. It ended with the two of them sort of arguing in uh, Vulpin, so Fox language. But the thing is, is there's another, not one shot, because it didn't end up being a one shot thing. It's like a mini campaign. It was a mini campaign that I brought these characters back for that was interesting and related. Because we did a um, Wild Hunt, which is sort of like a, a Halloween fairy, you know, themed event um, that we our players were tasks, tasked with trying to save some local loggers that had gone missing for a couple weeks. So we got into the, I think, King Hawthorne's castle. And the loggers basically pledged that they wanted to, or signed up for the wild hunt without knowing anything about where they were or what they were doing. They were just drunk, like no one's business. So our characters all volunteered, and during this thing, we had the chance to procure some favors, one of which was uh, one of our characters in my party had a dance battle with the Baba Yaga, and, oh, the hag Baba Yaga, or Baba Rummy, sorry, trademark names, (laughs) as the DM chimes in the background correcting me. That's what DMs do. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yep. Um, but Baba Rummy he has a dance battle. He doesn't win, but he impresses her. Um, and she asks if we can help with her um, apprentice, essentially. Because her apprentice likes one guy or one lady. But she likes someone else. But the person they like likes someone else. So we had to figure out a way to set figure that situation out, which resulted in being a thruple. Oh, see, I, I, I was over here like, the easy solution is to murder the person, right? No, you don't want to murder Faye at a Faye party where if you do the wrong thing, you get trapped forever and or killed or turned into a tree or a statue or something. So we went for the path of, you know, semi-least resistance, which at one point required some of the people to split up and talk to the different individuals in the love triangle, essentially. Love line, maybe? I don't know. It's weird. Is it scary that in the Fey realm you can't flirt by saying, hey, what's your name? Uh, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you flirt in the Fey realm? <laughs> well, hold on. How do you, that's um, not, that's not, not how you flirt in the real realm, either. You don't just say, hey, what's your name? You gotta, you gotta throw some. Hey. I know I'm yours? bad at this obviously. <laughs> Sorry. I mean our big thing was like basically flattering the one person who is performing telling the other one, you know, "Hey, we'll help you out." And then I think the third one we basically said, "Hey, clearly you like this person. You know, this person likes you. Why don't you like actually take charge of a situation?" Which is sort of what my character went up to do. After, you know, drinking some some uh, meat or wine or whatever, I don't remember what the beverage was, because he couldn't keep, speak Sylvan, and no one really heard. People would hear him speak common, but not, not fully paying attention. It didn't sound like it was coming from the right mouth, essentially. So yeah, it was it was interesting. It was a good thing, um, and we got to that pretty well. A lot of time, almost died a couple times, defeated, stole from another hag, and all that stuff. But the big thing that was the twist reveal for these characters for me was at the end, nobody knew or figured it out during either of the one shot or the mini campaign that Chusu doesn't speak common. He speaks Vulpin and Raccoon. That's it. Nika 
speaks common and Vulpin and Raccoon. Ah, so acts as a translator. Not e no problem is just she wasn't a PC. She's not she she would get in trouble if she acted too much like a PC because of their contract? Contract. That's the word I'll use. Their contract, essentially their partnership that they have going on. But no one in the party, in either party, and no one even as far as like the players figured it out until the end when Chusu proposed to Nika after they almost all died. And Nika started talking in common in her own voice, not the one she uses to pretend to be Chusu. <laughs> and we might have more one shots at some point to go back to that because we need to get the one the oh what was he he was a Grimguzzle Grimguzzle was a dwarf That's a he is yeah, well he, he's married to Baba, married to Baba Rummy so we need to <laughs> we didn't do the actual wedding thing so we might be doing that and maybe doing the wedding for for Tusu and Nika, which is also really strange to be, be be playing two characters at the same time, but you know, it was fun. It's hard to play two characters at the same time. I was gonna say we did an experiment years ago uh, as a group, and we everyone made two characters, uh, and that is hard to keep up for a campaign. We did until we decided to start killing people off slash sending them on their happy way, uh, but. I don't know that well, was well, well, that was law. Characters huh? didn't die until the last. That's true. That's true. They did make it. Yeah. Back. Honestly, the hardest thing for me was not giving away really that Nika was an actual character, and you know, ha was a fifth level. I think she was a fifth level bard. So I had to be careful about how he's doing that, and you know, the number of times that people felt a furry paw on their their arm and had you know felt more inspired type deal hmm. well because that was tricky but yeah so that was my positive pos game that was actually pretty fun positive happy that's so cool like yeah i like concept is great uh, i know i have dipped my toes into the fey realm stuff uh for funsies especially with the, the my newest character newest i'm gonna put quotations on that uh who is a uh, elephant? So Lexi Lexadon, uh, rogue assassin. So giant assassin elephant uh, that literally came from the joke. Uh, have you ever seen an elephant in a cherry tree? Oh, I was gonna say, let's talk about the elephant in the room. I thought that's where we were going. Yeah, that is that is literally where I was going. With okay, I a hundred percent have made that joke every chance I've gotten in this session. Keep doing it. Do it uh, twenty times more. A hundred percent. Every time someone gets assassinated in like the middle of nowhere, like, huh? I guess you guys didn't see the elephant in the room. <laughs> can you uh, can you please make his best friend a red herring? I mean, so far oh, his so far his best friend is a goat from the <laughs> Feywilds, but that that can change red readily. Um, that campaign's a speaking of something on that note we uh -oh. had a we had a buddy of ours who uh, again played in our uh, mine and well my first campaign that I ever played and I played with Roger um, he was the DM is we had a uh, a player uh, who played a character known as Penelope which was a uh, was it a half orc or a full orc she's a half orc yeah okay yeah half a half orc uh, rogue but the joke was was that uh, it wasn't the fact that she was so sneaky. It was the fact that when people saw her, they got so petrified and terrified that they just chose to be like, no, that's not real. Like, we didn't see, like, that's that's got to be our imagination because that's, like, way too scary. Um, we're going to act like we didn't see that. People are going to think we're crazy. Yeah, her stealth checks were... Uh, and intimidation checks as a, as a joke. They rolled actual stealth checks because they had ridiculously high stealth, uh, even at low levels. But it was just like this character had twenty strength and like eighteen decks, 
Uh, oh god. It just and it got high just, as well. Yeah, yeah, and eighteen charisma. Like the I watched the player roll his dice and get three sets of uh eighteens. 18s. 18s, yeah. And I was just like <sighs> I watched it, it's real, it's there. I can't complain too much, I guess. I was so mad though, because that character that character was great. I really liked that character. It's been a legacy character in several of the other stories that we've done. Uh, but the ridiculousness of an assassin uh, who could use blunt weapons, because that was one of our uh, DM goofed and didn't read the rules on a, on a sneak attack for the has to be with finesse weapons. So for the longest time, she was just running around with dual battle hammers, just Warhammer. booping people in the head. Um, and then I had a, you know, in most of my games, I do a uh, homebrew rule where if you have a 20 strength, you can do a wheel two-handed weapons because they're, you, you strong boy or girl, you go to slap things. Oh, that's dope. It does. That's it, dope. It looks, and sometimes it works really well because, like, some characters, we had a, was it your thigh cream or was it another one of Spain's characters that had... Four? I had a thigh cream. Was it? Uh, I was the only one who played a thigh cream. I actually think I played it in... Uh, the vampire story, I can't remember the name. Oh, uh, when Pudgy ran that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the one time we ran through Curse of Strahd, uh, <laughs> as a group. I ma- we made our DM quit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First encounter with Strahd, he killed one of our characters because our character was being annoying. Uh, but there was, somehow we worked out that the, the creature had some kind of, uh, toxic blood. Uh, and so... And it was something that was like you take a point of damage every minute until you save or something so like that. Or there was no save. It was something super dumb. Basically, it was so they can't get bit. And I'm pretty sure, looking back at it now... I don't think Strahd has, like, poison resistance. Right. And and honestly, I think the, the class that we were using was a homebrew Triton before Tritons became official. So uh, that blood stuff... Doesn't work anymore. It wouldn't work it if we played it again. But anyway, Sprod, you know, destroyed this character while we were sleeping. Yada yada yada. Drank his blood, left him as a little cloak on the ground. But we all giggled because Trident blood is poisonous, and so Strahd would continuously wake up for six hours and then die and have to go back to his coffin. Uh, <laughs> and the DM said, "I ain't playing with that. This is dumb." Uh, and we stopped playing. Oh wow. <laughs> By the way, uh-huh. so my my the DM actually made a little comic of uh, the one of the um, attempts in from the first uh, one shot. I did post it in the other topic open chat. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's it's funny. It's it's funny, but it sort of shows the energy of all three people and everything. Oh, man. I really appreciate I love the drawings. The last story was like way happier than everything we'd ever talked about. Wet beating Strahd? Heck yeah, it was great. Um, okay, so. Oh, no, I meant the one before that from uh, Lady oh. Waitrum. Oh, okay, I see. I see how it is. My stories don't count. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're going to wrap up, do final talky talk slash uh, I'm going to talk to you uh, about stuff, for company stuff, uh, and then we'll go. Um, thank you for sticking around and sharing your stories. I appreciate you. Lisa and OG, thank you for showing up. If you two could stick around uh, after the classroom ends so I can talk to you about stuff, that would be great. Uh, as per usual, Lisa, since you are our star guest, we have a little gift for you that we'll discuss once everyone else leaves, basically. Um, and then, OG, I, I, just, I, I got a fun question for you. Um, so. Okay. Anyway. Uh, our next game is Monday, maybe, perhaps. It's the 4th of July, so we got minimum player numbers. Uh, but if we only have minimum player numbers, we'll probably call it anyway and do it another day when other people can make it. Because it's, it's a tournament and we need players to be there. So it's exciting. Um, but... Uh, other than that, our next big event, um, I don't think we have anything planned yet. We have some stuff on the books for maybes. Uh, we have a possible new Learn With Us thing coming up on YouTube, so we'll be throwing out the, hey, who wants to play a free game in the near future? 
Um, we got all the fun stuff from Dubby. Um, we might do a contest or giveaway or something in the near future with that. Um, I'll keep you all on board with that. Uh, and then... What else was there? Oh, Dubby. We should probably talk about that. Uh, Dubby Energy Drinks is our new sponsor. And I've mentioned that a couple times. Use code HEROES, all caps, 907, to get 10% off any of your orders. If you go to Dubby, it's an energy drink thing. It's super great. I get this handy-dandy... Uh, shaker that I've been drinking throughout our podcast, and it's wonderful. Um, but with that, um, our code for this month, um, we're changing how we do our podcast codes and whatnot. Um, we've updated the discount code page stuff, um, so check that out when you get a second. Uh, this Hey, OG, can you, can you mute your background noise as well? Uh, there you go, give me it for a second, sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, code for this month is uh, free class, capital F-R-E, lowercase C-L-A-S-S, and I'll get you 10% off our website. Um, just for listening in. Um, that's all I can think of. Uh, anything else from anyone else before we wrap this up? Let me unmute OG really quick. Okay. Younger, you got anything for us? Silence is compliance. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> um, just very much gratitude for me. Very happy to come and talk thankful to listen to your stories. Thank you so much for having me on and uh, looking for any suggestions for resources that you guys are looking for for your gaming experiences so that I can make them and put them up in the free library so you can get them. Again, contact for her is uh, library at lisattrpg.com, right? Yeah, and you can just go to lisattrpg.com and you'll find all my stuff. Sweet. Well, as always, may the night keep you from Papa Eclipse, and may the dice be ever in your favor. Those are both good lines. I love it. Uh, with adventure in mind, have yeah. a wonderful night. Thank you all very much. Well, this was another long show. Uh, thank you for listening, for those that listened. Again, code for our stuff this uh, month is free class. All one word. F-R-E is capitalized. C-L-A-S is lowercase. Get that 10% off the website. Also, quick announcement. We're lowering our prices on our maps by pretty much $5 on each of them. So go check those out if you haven't already. The pre-made ones, at least. Um, anyway, with adventure in mind, have a wonderful night. <laughs>